Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless Mortgage Experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS. Coming up at 140, unless you're a reverend, a father, a pastor, whatever, a minister, if you're praying for somebody, if you tell somebody you're praying for somebody, you're telling them to bleep off. That coming up at 140. Might do five burning questions, might not. Maybe at 120. Tom gave me a bit of a rundown. It was pretty, pretty interesting. That's the only thing I could throw in there. Uh, real quick, we were just talking to uh, Sherman Hamilton, TV uh, analyst for the Toronto Raptors. I want Kawhi Leonard to stay in Toronto. I'll be open and honest about it. I want him to stay up there. I think that I, I, w- I like to see the proliferation of Great players, and this goes even into the conversation we were having about the NFL and where I, I was getting calls earlier this week from Steeler fans, hand to God, no plants, no nothing. And there were one after another. Like one felt that because one guy was able to call in, the other ones had the quote-unquote guts to call in and say it themselves, that they were Steeler fans and that they were switching allegiances because Baker Mayfield is exciting and that the Browns were finally turning it around. And hell, they live in Ohio anyway, so they're going to be fans like that. I did not support that. But... What I think the NFL does well, and you could argue about player enlightenment and and empowered players, I think that that is a very slippery slope that we go down because people root for that, but they also know that they are probably hurting the product in the long run. At least that they're not getting everything back that they possibly can. What makes the NFL great is that, yeah, there's a salary cap. And that a fan, even though I I don't know if the salary cap's even real, I wonder if it's even uh, something that we just say that there is just so fans feel that it's real and feel that there's a chance. Because a fan in Oakland, California, even though they're about to be Vegas, a fan in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a fan in Cincinnati, Ohio, has the same feeling that their team can compete on the same level as both teams in L.A., both teams in New York, the team in Chicago, the team in Miami, they feel that they can compete if they have the right front office that drafts the right players that make the right decisions at the right time. They feel they can compete that way. And I'm not arguing about the parity. I'm not, I'm not making realistic arguments about that or anything like that. I can do that anytime, but I'm not doing that here. It's a feeling that you have. And that's what makes the NFL that's part of what makes the NFL great is that you have a feeling as an NFL fan that your team, if you make the right decisions and you get the right quarterback and you keep the right people in your front office and your ownership isn't a mess, that you can be able to compete with teams that are born on third base. Baseball, you do not have that feeling. There's a couple of teams that are able to sign guys that we've been starting to see more guys like that, thank goodness. Like I said, I, I would like Christian Yelich to, to continue to play at a very high level and to continue to do it in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
but there's a lot of fan bases out there, including mine, that I sit right here in the middle, and they just check their watch waiting on Francisco Lindor to be traded to New York or to L.A. or a big market that can afford him, or trading him to another team, and eventually he'll sign with New York or L.A. or a bigger market that can afford him. And that hurts fandom. In the NBA, I think a lot of people just wait and see, well, God, how long can we hold on to him? It was the first conversation we had when we found out New Orleans got the number one pick. All right, how long is Zion Williamson going to be there? The Browns got Baker Mayfield. The Browns were bad for 20 years. Nobody was wondering how long. If Baker Mayfield's good, people do assume that Baker Mayfield will be there forever. Same with Andrew Luck and the Colts. Same with anybody who's any good anywhere. You expect that guy to be there and to continue your team to, to have great play. I would love to see Kawhi Leonard stay in Toronto. I know the weather is foreboding. I know that the fan base, though, is good. I know that the fans and the people there are hospitable. I know that if he plays well, he'll be looked at as one of their legends there. Now, it won't be the same as hockey, I understand, but he'll be looked at as one of the legends there, and they'll always respect and they'll always admire him. L.A., L.A.'s a little bit different because it's a little more laid back. It's not New York. You can get away. You can go disappear up in the hills. Kawhi's kind of a quiet guy. Maybe that would be okay for him. He's not a Laker. It doesn't seem to be a Laker guy. Yeah, I know LeBron's reaching out to him. He doesn't seem to be a Laker guy. Seems to be more of a Clippers guy, and that might be the way it is if he likes to have that type of weather and he likes to have that type of that option where he can just go and be in Hollywood if he really wanted to go and be in Hollywood, but he could disappear in the hills. It's hard to argue against L.A., I, I'm not going to lie, but I would love to see Kawhi buck that trend and stay there. I'd love to see Giannis Antetokounmpo stay in Milwaukee for his entire career, win a championship, be an MVP, do those type of things. It only makes the sport better. It only makes the health of the sport better. Because, yes, there's always going to be Greek freak fans who would go with him wherever he goes. The same with Kawhi, the same with LeBron, and, and all the upper echelon 1% type of players. They'll always have their fans. But you're also making sure and, and, and creating a crib for the fans in Toronto and Milwaukee and hopefully in Detroit, hopefully it continues in Oklahoma City, where they believe that their organization can be good with certain moves, can keep guys, like you see with Paul George, can retain guys, and can give them a chance to be champions in the future. Because that's all you're really rooting for is a chance. You might be more frustrated, you might have different expectations, but that's all you're really rooting for. And so this might seem kumbaya, and I know that a lot of teams, it ain't going to be that way, and I still wonder because it's L.A. and because of the history of NBA players, I'd be pleasantly surprised, I hate to say it, if he were to stay, Kawhi were to stay in Toronto. But I really would love it to happen because I think where the NBA misses the mark, and where certainly baseball misses the mark, is that there's a lot of fan bases that don't believe their organization has a chance or will ever have a chance. Because the weather's not there, the celebrity isn't there, the vacation type of destination isn't there, the market isn't there, whatever it might be. 855-212-4CBS. i got to get right to the phones here. People are still getting in about it. Robert in New Mexico. This goes back to the Steelers caller saying he was switching allegiances. I think after a certain age, maybe it's high school graduation, maybe it's college graduation, when you are in, you are in, Robert, in New Mexico. What say you? So I was born in Seattle in 1966. In 1971, we moved to Arizona. Down in Yuma, we had the San Diego Padres as our spring training team. I've been a diehard fan of the San Diego Padres since that time we moved to Yuma. 
1976, Seattle became a football team. I've been a diehard fan of Seattle. It is absolutely not okay to change teams. It's good to be a fan of players. People like Don Baylor that I met, uh, Tony Gwynn, Steve Garvey, those guys, that I, all those guys I met, people that I've met, great. That's great. I'm a fan of the players. But teams, no. You need to stay with your team, be a diehard fan, appreciate what you got, stay there, don't move. This wiffle-waffling about, you know, fans moving from OKC to, to, to uh, Golden State, nah, don't buy it. Sorry, no bandwagoning going on here. You need to stay with the team that you're with. Robert, I thank you very much for the call. 855-212-4CBS. Brian in Jacksonville, you've been on hold forever. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm on. The, I'm not a good candidate for a fandom. I'm on the other side of the fence of that previous call. But I'm calling about the uh, the NBA uh, free agency, and I'm with you. I wish Kai, I wish Leonard was going to stay in in um, in uh, Canada, but he's not. He and KD are going to the uh, Clippers. That's a done deal. Are you, wait a minute, you're reporting and, this basically. Well, just I'll call you back on the 4th or 5th of July, and you'll see that Brian and Jacksonville was right, is that the Clippers are going to get KD and and, um, and Leonard uh, from Toronto, and AD and Jimmy Butler are going to the Lakers. Okay? And, okay. And, and James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, is going to get what he deserves. Okay, and that's uh, that's the guy from Boston. He's going to get Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Irving and Tobias uh, Tobias Harris from the. Uh, so I'll call you back on the, on the fifth or sixth of July, and just just mark it down. Okay. All right, Brian in Jacksonville, our man in the field, making these uh, making these reports. They are on the record. Tom, remember this call. Record this call, and we'll have it for the future. We have our very own sports Don Lemon out there in the field. Brandon in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go! Okay, well, thanks for taking the call, Ken. A couple of things here. Uh, I think when it comes to fandom, I think it's at an all-time high because part of being a fan is the rationality of the emotions. I don't think guys or people ever really give up on their team. I think the hate that could be as big as, as strong as love, that takes place. And that's the precedence that's happened. It's almost like the Randy Quaid character from the Major League movie, and the first one where he was there, but he hated the team, but he loved the team. So I think it's something like that. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the information that we have at our hands. You know, sports talk radio, we live with the players in these organizations throughout the day, all day. It's Whereas true. you go back a few years, it was very whimsical, you know, uh, pro athletes were heroes to everybody then, you know, because you only you had some very limited information and contact with them. So the more we learned about the athletes, the more we became so much more engaged where our fandom went either love or hate to to the extreme. And just one mm-hmm. more thing about the Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys noticed that little inside, inside information Aaron Rodgers actually called Bakhtiari out earlier in the week by calling him a, a punk. And it was all tongue-in-cheek. But he called Woo! him a punk by the way he was approaching. Oh, wait a damn minute. Yeah, yeah. You can look it up. There's, uh, there's, approaching sure there's the what? Kind of, uh, with the way he was doing the uh, the chugging of the beers and things. So he he challenged them because, you know, they're obviously good friends and they're both at the games. And, and you know, Rodgers is actually a part owner of the Bucks, but he challenged Bakhtiari 
two-way chugging contest, and that's why Bakhtiari stuck it stuck it up to three instead of the typical two he was doing. Well, so he definitely d- yeah. David had mentioned that. Brandon, thank you for the call. David had mentioned that, but I he didn't mention calling a punk being called a punk. I didn't know about being called a punk. Did he? Uh, did was the challenge laid? The challenge, I thought, as far as Bakhtiar, and we have the audio, and you can find that interview at uh, CBSSportsRadio.com. Tom, let me make this clear real quick. Yes. Now, he challenged Bakhtiari, and Bakhtiari's answer to him was, you at least got to do one if I do three. Isn't that true? Yeah, but apparently this goes back a couple weeks where he chugged chugged a couple and pointed at Rodgers, and Rodgers didn't have a beer. And then Rodgers called him kind of a punk because he he lied to me when he said he wasn't going to chug beers. I'll be ready next time. That's what he said a couple weeks ago. Well, he wasn't ready the next time. Well, then then I got a question. I have to question your credibility. You know what? I I even have to question your credibility, seriously, as as a franchise quarterback. I'm sorry. How do you win games in the NFL? You prepare, you watch film, you dedicate yourself. You don't show up at 1 o'clock on Sunday and just beat everybody. That's not how that works. You have to do the cut-ups. You got to put in the work. You got to study the tape. How many weeks did he have to prepare for that? Two weeks? Is that it, Tom? I can guarantee you right now, and I swear to you, on my boys... If he would have offered that to Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick would have accepted it and had two weeks, Bill Belichick's chugging that beer. Bill Belichick might be able to chug beer anyway. Look at his jowls for crying out loud. He could probably stuff two beers in each one of his jowls. I'm still pointing out, though, if Bill Belichick couldn't chug beer, he'd be able to chug beer in in two weeks. He'd be able to chug a beer, a 12-ounce beer, however big that was. Looked like it might have been 16 ounces. He he would be able to chug a 16-ounce beer within two weeks. I have to question your dedication. I have to question your work ethic. And then by that turn, I have to question you as a franchise quarterback in the NFL. If you can't get to chug a beer in two weeks, how am I supposed to expect for you to beat the Bears defense? 855-212-4CBS. Coming up in just over 20 minutes. We'll forego five burning questions, by the way. Just over 20 minutes. Unless you have Reverend in front of your name, I don't want you praying for me. Also, it's the biggest season of their careers. And I hate to say it, I think if Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers do even better, I got serious questions for Ben Roethlisberger. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. You guys think Antonio Brown said that when he got traded from the Steelers? Tom, get that ready again. Could you imagine that? Hey, uh, A.B., we got a trade for you. We're trading you to the Oakland Raiders. Congratulations. But I said, F- you, and I left. You said, no, you're fired, whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a A.B., we need, you to, we need you to mow your grass. It's up way too high. A.B.? But I said, F- you, and I left. You said, no, you're fired, whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a uh, Antonio, uh, hi, this is George from the uh, HOA. We're missing your $115 dues for the month. Boom! You're dead. Boy, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true. Antonio, I mean, it, it's it's only $115. Bucks. We, we need you to send that $115 for your HOA fee. Boom! You're dead. Boy, well, I wish that would have been true. 
That's Billy Jack talking. <laughs> I wish that was true. Billy, are you glad that you have you have borne this this level of, of craziness and stupidity? Are you happy about that? To this show? Yes. Yeah. I actually Just your name it. alone. I'm proud of it. Good. But I said, F- you. And I left. <laughs> you said, no, you're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a sh-? That's how it goes. You wait until they have Black Monday in the NFL this year because we are going to play the everlasting hell out of that clip. 855-212-4CBS. Joey Porter was on Do Not Play the I Said Bleep You clip. Joey Porter was on NFL Network. This is on Total Access yesterday. He was asked about Ben Roethlisberger and his apology. He says too little, too late. Hit it. If you feel slighted by any way with any teammate, friend, teammates, once you feel like you've been betrayed in any type of way, I'm not picking up your phone call. I mean, you can't call me and say, oh, I'm sorry the next day. Like, I need you to be sorry when you did it. I mean, you can't be sorry that late. So those relationships went the other way. And um, now that he's being a man and apologizing now, it's just it's a couple of days too late. You know what I mean, all that could have probably been avoided if he was coming to them and saying, you know what, I didn't, I didn't handle that the right way. But that's the way he chose to go about it. He apologized now, and it's just a little too late. Audio courtesy NFL Network. I make jokes about Aaron Rodgers and chugging beer. I, I really don't believe that about Aaron Rodgers just because he can't chug a beer and he can't. I, I don't think that he's a bad leader uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I, I will make other criticisms of Aaron Rodgers. I'll say, well, well, we'll see what Aaron Rodgers does this year with Matt LaFleur. If he makes the playoffs and things are good again, well, then, yeah, Mike McCarthy was really the problem. But you're the quarterback. You're the most important player on the team. You're the most powerful player on the team. I say the same thing for Ben Roethlisberger. And I, I was flummoxed this week. When I see these reports, and I I watch them on KDKA, and he sits down with the reporter, and he he gives his side of the story with the Antonio Brown rift, and then he shows up to OTAs, and and so many people spin this, because we love to do it, he spins it into a positive thing. Well, he's motivated now. Ben Roethlisberger's motivated. Better watch your ass, because here comes Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers kicking ass and taking names. They are coming for the AFC North and for the AFC crown. Okay, what about the last couple of years when he wasn't in OTAs? Well, Ken, Tom Brady has a bit. We ain't talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady has six championships. He's been there nine times. We don't need to talk about Tom Brady not going to the OTAs. I'm talking about Ben Roethlisberger. I'm talking about Ben Roethlisberger losing games to Jacksonville at home in the postseason in the coldest game in Heinz Field history. I'm talking about Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers with up to to the top to the bottom, maybe the best roster in the NFL last year, not making the playoffs. That's what I'm talking about. And you're giving me this argument that he's a motivated Ben Roethlisberger. Why weren't you motivated before, Ben? See, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a talented football team and a great organization with great owners. And I mean that no matter what I have to say with criticism towards Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Tomlin, I've heard arguments. I've listened to those arguments. I think that Pittsburgh is hesitant to, to get rid of Mike Tomlin because they play in the same division as the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns for 20 years have given them every sort of reason to not act like the Cleveland Browns. So some people are upset and fit to be tied with Mike Tomlin. I bring this up. To me, Mike Tomlin is the same situation, the AFC version of Jason Garrett. Now, Jason Garrett is basically worked like a, like a ventriloquist dummy like Jerry Jones. I don't think it's that bad with Mike Tomlin. But I do believe that he is not looked at as a, as a powerful individual. He is not looked at as the type of leader that other NFL head coaches are. 
and mostly because of that is because of his his quarterback that he has. If his quarterback's not going to be a leader, if you don't have a quarterback that can lead, that can back it up on the field, which he more than likely does, but can back it up on the field and back it up in the locker room and be the type of leader that you need to be, you don't have a shot in hell as a head coach in the NFL. You can get away with it in college football. Nick Saban's won championships. He has two attack of Aloha. He's won championships before with guys who really aren't that talented of quarterbacks. He's done that. Urban Meyer's done that. Dabo Sweeney before with Taj Boyd and guys like that. He's done that. He's He's been a winner before. C- college coaches can do it. In the NFL, it's impossible. If you don't have a good quarterback, you might as well not even unpack your bags. And if you don't have a quarterback who can lead, you might as well not even unpack your bags. So right now, I look at Mike Tomlin and I think, is Mike Tomlin really that bad of a coach? Maybe. He's not not the best. He's nowhere near Belichick or Peyton or probably not McVay or any one of the other ones. But is he also getting a bad name because his quarterback hasn't been a leader? I think so. And when I keep getting told motivation, how's running your best receiver off the field and off your football team motivation? How is failing the last couple of years to do what you're picked to do motivation motivation should be Tom Brady motivation should be Aaron Rodgers competing with them taking away greatness from them being the greatest at your position being obsessive about the work not bitching and moaning during the offseason about eh, maybe I want to retire and eh, you know what I didn't like that they drafted Josh Dobbs you know what I took I took Mason Rudolph and then drafting him as a personal offense which he did That's not leadership. That's not motivation. So if Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they are a talented team and they very well could, win the division again this year and go to the playoffs and make a deep run, it's going to be a story of redemption. The best is back. It's going to be a great day in Steel Town again. And I have to look back and go, where was this before? Because physically, you could be better than Tom Brady. You could have been better at Tom Brady. Again, you look at both those bodies coming out for the Combine – Ben Roethlisberger looks like a Zeus. Tom Brady looks like a high school kid you played football with physically. Looks like a high school kid you played football with who was only playing football because his dad was making him. So I got to wonder, where have you been sandbagging this, Ben? And I'm supposed to blame all this. Antonio Brown isn't blameless, but I'm supposed to buy this garbage and blame it all on Antonio Brown? It's easy to do because he's no longer wearing a Steelers uniform. But I have to search the truth. And if you're letting a wide receiver, no matter how talented he may be, tear down your organization, that's your fault. Just like what we do in real life. I blame mom and dad. I blame Big Ben. Up next, unless you're a minister, you better not tell me you're praying for me. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. That's the toll-free line, and it's brought to you by Geico. Hey, great news. Did you hear about this? Did you read about this? Save 15% or more on car insurance when you go to geico.com. 15 minutes. That's all it takes. It's fantastic. Also, tonight, 8 Eastern, a brand-new season of the WNBA. Tips off on CBS Sports Network as Chicago looks to prove that the sky's the limit for 2019 when they battle a fierce Minnesota Lynx squad on the 24-hour home. Of CBS Sports. 855-2124-CBS. I want to get to a call here before I I, I, I get to. Chris Broussard got worked into a shoot, friend. But first, let's get to Richie. Richie, Idaho. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? I just had two things for you real quick. 
right. with the favorite game stuff here. I, I'm from California. Uh, I've been a Niners, Giants, and Sharks, and Kings fan forever. But with the Golden State Warriors, uh, you know, just killing everything for the last couple of years, they've kind of been like a, a runner-up team. Like, I root for them, but that's not my team. Uh, kind of like, how do you feel about that? And then, uh, how do you feel about Donovan McNabb saying that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and that he was better? I believe he said he was better than Troy Aikman. <laughs> okay, first off, what are you a fa- What were your teams? Because you kind of broke up there for a second. What are your favorite teams? Uh, the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Uh, San Francisco Giants. All right. Uh, Sac- Sacramento Kings and San Jose Sharks. So what's the problem with that? Uh, you're a fan of all those teams? That's okay. That's all right, Richie. What's the matter? So I'm just saying, like, how do you feel about, you know, like, uh, you know, for, like I said, I'm from California, but like, how do you feel about, like, having a runner-up team? Like, the, the Kings. Oh, uh, the, okay. You know, like, no, like yeah. for the Warriors. Like, the Warriors are just killing it. And I'm a Bay Area guy, so, you know, I, I root for the Bay Area teams. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, F the Warriors, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm just, I support them, but that's not my team. Okay, I, I get that. All right, thank you, Richie. That that makes better sense. Thank you very much for the call. Also, somebody's saying something about hockey. I didn't say anything about hockey. you got to send that tweet over to, uh, no offense, I don't mean to throw Greg Caserta on the bus, but I am. Send it to Caserta because I didn't say anything. Uh, 855-2124-CBS. Um, all right, about that. Now, you can tell me to go to hell, all right? This is another rule. Football, I don't think it works this way. But... As a stone-cold Cleveland Cavaliers fan coming up, and I have no problem admitting fandom, I don't care. Everybody was a homer at some point there, and I think that should be part of the fun of doing this. So if you ever want to rip me for for liking the Browns or whatever, please be my guest. So here we go. As a stone-cold Cavalier fan, I've mentioned many times that my West Coast team, my Western Conference team, would be the Portland Trailblazers. I liked them back with Clyde. I liked him back when they were the Jailblazers. I liked him back when Latrell was choking PJ. I I like him now. I just I dig the I dig the black and red. I just dig the whole essence. And someday I want to go to Portland and visit and see a game. Now I'm a Cavs fan, but yeah, in a fandom type of sense, hey, I was kind of pulling for. I, I I'm not getting up and shaking my fist when CJ McCollum finishes. There's a little bit off there. I would be if the Cavaliers were doing well. Now, Tom, you can you can fire back on me. Maybe I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here, but I went. I wanted to see the the Portland Trailblazers do well. Am I wrong? or Am I right? I cannot hear Tom. Ken, I I gotta I I gotta step in for a second. Billy gotta, Jack, go ahead. I gotta completely disagree with you on that. Okay. There's All right. No, go there, ahead. There's no such thing as second, third favorite teams. That's just as bad as switching teams. I think there. No, I think there's teams where I don't own any. I do not own any Portland stuff. I don't own any Trailblazers memorabilia. I don't own any shirts or hats or anything like that. But I've always kind of admired Portland. But di- didn't you say you have like another Eastern team that you root for or something like that? What in and no, not in the NBA. No. I mean I, I always said if I died and came back because I watched so much Knicks basketball, I could be a Knicks fan. But it's not really that way. I don't have another Eastern team. No, it's the Cavaliers. I, I couldn't I couldn't disagree with you on that. Moment. Wow. So it's only one NBA team and I'm supposed to hate all the others? Yes. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. 
Okay, that's all right. I have that's a little bit. Teams. I wouldn't survive without. Second Here we teams go, right. Tom. Go ahead. Here we go. Let, uh, let me I, hear it from you. I absolutely love the Dodgers, uh, even though I'm a Mets fan, and thank goodness because I watch them more than the Mets now. Um, <laughs> in the NBA, I mean, the Knicks have been the Knicks have been completely unwatchable. So I've only had other teams. I guess the Western Conference is my other NBA team. Yeah. Um, NHL, I love the Sharks. I love the Winnipeg Jets. I love Patrick Laine. I, I survive as a sports fan because of my alternate teams. Because so like, the alternate teams? See, I don't have any, like what I used to be when I was a kid, like I grew up, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. But when I grew up, and, I, and there's a ton of kids who could, or a ton of grown men now who could probably relate to this. When I would get out of school, the Cubs are on TV. And Harry Carey was still doing the games. So I would get home from school and the Cubs are on TV. Well, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up rooting for the Cubs during the afternoon, and rooting for the Indians at night. Now, that changed in 20, 2016. I can't get over it, and sorry. Hey, I, I respect it and all, but no. It, it's Now that's gone. So there was where, hey, I could say the Cubs were my NL team. I didn't have any Cubs stuff. I'm not, I don't have Cubs posters. I don't, I don't pray for, for Ryan Sandberg to come and, and visit me during my birthday. I, I don't do any of that. I'm, a, I'm an Indians fan. So I think there is a lot. You can't have any secondary team at all, Billy. Gosh, that's even harsher than me. It just no, I can't do it. Can't do all it. All right, can't do you it. are you are hard edge, brother. Okay, maybe I'm just full of it. Then I'm sorry. I feel like a bad fan now. You, I mean, no, I mean you. I've been sitting there ripping fans for three and a half for almost four hours now, and and all of a sudden here we are, Alex. Oh, here we go, Alex in Columbia. Go ahead. Well, I just actually uh, I was listening to your conversation. I wanted to yeah. hear the thoughts on. What happens if you're born and raised watching one team? Like, my father was from Florida, so I, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan in football. Uh-huh. But we moved to South Carolina, and then the Panthers came when I was already, like, 12 or 13 years old. That's so fine. Now I root for the Dolphins and Panthers equally. Oh. I don't have oh. a, I always oh. – I always hey, got to pick one. I go, got to pick one. I root, I root for the team – that needs it the most at the end of the year if the Dolphins and the Panthers play. I'm like, are headed towards the playoff, and the Panthers are sucking. So I'm rooting for the Dolphins this year to get into the playoff. But the, I, my heart is equally split between the two teams. See, and I guess that makes me a bad NFL fan. Well, I'm sorry, Alex. I guess it does because I tell you, I, and thank you for the call. <laughs> I allow a switch. From, from, from uh, the fandom as a kid, something people like the colors. There's a lot of Dolphins fans as kids. My dad's a Dolphins fan. He's from Ohio. We're from Ohio. And when I was a kid, as I got older, hey, I love Dan Marino, like the fish. But as I got old, my buddies, I'm, I live 50 miles away from Cleveland, Ohio when I'm a kid. It's it's shooting fish in a barrel. I'm going to be a Browns fan. But for better or for worse, I'm going to end up being a Browns fan. And so my dad, he's still a Dolphins fan. He's still stuck with it. He's still there, and he still trolled me. And now things are changing. But for him, I, sorry, Alex, but for you, buddy, I, you got to pick one or the other. And honestly, if I were you right now, and Brian's going to disagree with me, I say hop on the fish bandwagon. And the reason behind that is that I don't know if Cam Newton's ever going to win a Super Bowl. Wrong or not wrong, Tom? Uh, that's not crazy at all. And I'm a Josh I don't, Rosen believer, too. I'm I don't very believe. curious about this new Miami uh, Well, this is regime. where it is. I think that they're tanking right now, the Dolphins, and I still warn against that type of feeling because I think you have to get it perfect. I think they're trying to do a Browns 2.0 down in Miami, even though they went and got Josh Rosen. Hell, the Browns got Brock Osweiler. Uh, I still think, though, that 
Tua Tagovailoa, Jake Fromm, or Justin Herbert are probably going to give you a better shot in the future to go to a Super Bowl than the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton. Wow. I'm I sorry. I just don't believe with I don't I believe so in him much. as a Super Bowl caliber quarterback and he's played a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. 855-212-4CBS. Oh my god, he said that right at the end of his show. His best football is behind him. I, 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 think I don't so think that's too. crazy. I think so too. Just because of his style of play, he's breaking down because it's, of who it, he is. It's surgery after surgery. They've tried to make him a pocket quarterback. He's not a pocket quarterback. He he's he's a great big monster, but he's no longer built like a brick house. I think that a Dolph, the future Dolphins quarterback who's in college right now gets to a Super Bowl again before Cam Newton. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, real quick about Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb said he was better than, Tom, uh, better than Troy Aikman. Is that what he said? Yeah, that was his number one argument for why he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> what, because he has more passing yards? Yeah, he has much better numbers. <laughs> Vinny Testaverde is too. <laughs> Vinny Testaverde needs to go into the Hall of Fame then. It's not a great argument. Hey, Vinny Testaverde has 4,600 yards. Carson Palmer has 4,600 yards. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, that is funny. That is gut-bustingly funny. Three Super Bowls. Hey, I- I'll bring it up all the time. Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw had great defense, had a great overall team. Four Super Bowls. I can't argue gets four Super Bowls. It's four Super Bowls. Terry Bradshaw was a good quarterback. Terry Bradshaw belongs to be in the Hall of Fame. Donovan McNabb, hey, at 37,000 passing yards. And he did play in a Super Bowl, even though you know, we know what Terrell said about him. Uh, Terrell said about him. And how many touchdowns did he throw? 234? I mean, these are decent numbers. Uh, no, don't use Troy Aikman as your argument. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird one to point out. It's like picking on the weakest quarterback in the Hall. Who who's above, may or who's may not have been a top five right, offensive player on his own team. Quarterbacks above Troy Aikman in all-time passing yards. You ready? Drew Bledsoe, which I don't laugh at. Kerry Collins is above Troy Aikman. Beautiful. Dave Craig, I would make an argument for. He was the leading passer in yards in the 80s. Matt Matt Hasselbeck. (laughs) Jay Cutler. I knew that one was coming. Jim Everett, who's more, more famous for being in a fight with Jim Rome. Jim Hart, Steve DeBerg, Phil Sims, and Phil getting in. I mean, no, come on. No. No, Troy Aitman's Hall of Fame quarterback. You win three Super Bowls. You're one of the engineers of that. Stop. I got to play this audio. I'm sorry. I, I respect Chris Broussard. I think Chris Broussard has been worked into a shoot by the internet. Go. Let me start this off by saying I like and respect Kevin Durant and am not trying to continue a Twitter beef with him. However, he did challenge my credibility and I must respond to that. In my telephone, I have more than 60 direct messages from Kevin Durant on Twitter and Instagram since February of 2018. These were conversations initiated by KD himself. We talked about a lot of the things I talked about on Undisputed. And some of these conversations lasted more than five hours. If you want to argue over the difference between a text and a DM in the year 2019, go right ahead. But to me, it's all the same thing. For those of you want me to publish these DMs, it's not going to happen. Out of respect for KD, those texts will remain private. Finally, after all of this, I will continue to love, respect, 
and pray for Kevin Durant and objectively analyze him as a basketball player. Which I thought that was Breitbart stuff, but here we are. Uh, you go on a rant in your car to claim what? I, I, listen, I don't disbelieve Chris Broussard. The, the athlete always wins. And because Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, I, I do I am I wrong? I believe Kev, I believe Chris Broussard about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has about fifteen different Twitter accounts, probably, and I God knows how many Instagram accounts. I would imagine probably that Chris Broussard is telling the truth. I don't know why Chris Broussard got worked into a shoot by NBA fans where he had to sit in his car and put a minute thirty video up there where he was claiming that he had talked to Kevin Durant for five hours. That sounds like a guy who's a side piece, who's trying to tell how many times that he's talked to another woman or a woman's talking about him. Or the woman has told publicly that he's bothering her and he's got to say, we've talked for five hours. That is weird. He comes off like the person who left the voicemails for Dwight Howard. That is an awkward video. And at the end, by the way, and I know we have plenty of time, when you tell somebody you're praying for him, unless you're a reverend or a minister or a father or some sort of ordained person, and so, or something hasn't really bad happened to somebody or really good hasn't happened to somebody, if you just want to say bleep you, say bleep you, because we know that's what you're saying. If, if Tom comes up to me, if Tom and I have a spat and Tom goes, Ken, you know what? I'm going to pray for you, Ken. I'm a pray, I'm a, I love you. You're my, bu- you're my brother. I'm going to continue to pray for you. You know what Tom's telling me? Bleep you. If Chris Broussard just meant bleep you to Kevin Durant, then just say bleep you. Don't tell me you're praying for me because you know what? I know you coded it, and I know you're saying bleep you. Big thanks to Chris Broussard. A big thanks to Donovan McNabb for the laughs. And obviously, David Bakhtiari. All my guys in New York, I'm Ken Carmen. I'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful week, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.